I am super excited to have you back for another episode of Red Receipt. It's a deep dive into the how and why of the brands we love and the creatives behind them. From blueprints to launch day, customers as community, and the detours in between. Big lessons and easy listening. Red Receipt is hosted by Antidote, the email and SMS marketing agency by people who hate boring email. On today's episode of Red Receipt, we're thrilled to welcome Leah Stiegel, CEO of Hi, a pioneer in the home wellness industry. Dive with us into a conversation about revolutionizing self-care with smart, sustainable in-home spa experiences. Discover the story behind High's success and the future of luxury home wellness. As always, thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy the show. Where uh, where are you based out of? So I'm based out of the LA area um, in Manhattan Beach. Oh, cool. I'm in Orange County. Oh, uh, really? We're neighbors. Yeah, we could have done this in person, maybe. I know. Next time. Rare now after COVID. I started, I did the first three episodes in person and then COVID started. So everything since then has been remote. I feel like people prefer it now. Uh, yeah, from... we're a, our company was founded during COVID, so we definitely are completely remote, and it's actually a treat to get together these days. Are you from LA? I am not. So I am actually from a very small town in Iowa um, called Bluegrass, and so born and raised. My mom still lives there, and uh, went to the University of Iowa before jumping to New York City to work in investment banking. Um, and then eventually found my way to LA with that job. Um, and here I am. How long, how long were you in investment banking for? Yeah. So I did two years in New York or actually three years in New York. Uh, it was with Goldman Sachs and then, um, actually transferred with Goldman to the LA office in New York. I actually worked in the healthcare uh, investment banking area. And then I moved to LA to work in technology, media, and telecom. And, uh, what did you study in school? Seems like a, a huge jump from investment banking into the brand <laughs> that you're currently yeah. running. So, so I, I was a business major. Um, my degree is in finance, and uh, I was definitely that person that was smiling at everyone on the subway uh, when I moved from <laughs> Iowa to New York, but um, definitely was an amazing experience. And honestly, was just really fortunate. I had some great career advisors. Um, when I was at the University of Iowa and helped me get some amazing opportunities and interviews. And um, this was back in 2004. So it was kind of as the market was starting to upswing a little bit and interviewed and was lucky enough to, to get a job there. You said that was in 2004, leading, mm -hmm. leading into 08? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I lived through it all. <laughs> <laughs> Were you still in investment banking after 08? I was, yeah. So I was there through 2009. And actually, that whole experience is kind of what helped me move into startup world. Um, so since then, I've, I've worked at a variety of different startups. So I um, was in LA kind of through the 2008 experience. And it was an experience, <laughs> let me tell you. But, but one of the things that it really made me realize is that um, although I had an amazing experience in investment banking, and I 
honestly would recommend it for anyone for starting a career. I realized it wasn't my life's ambition to do that for the rest of my life. And one of the things that I enjoyed the most actually was working with the smaller companies. And so obviously at Goldman, you work with a lot of really large companies, but oftentimes their acquisition targets are smaller companies. So I had the opportunity to work with some of those as well. And I loved getting to know the management teams and how every little number actually made a difference to them. So you'd be maybe putting like this synergy number together, but that synergy number actually represented real people. And um, I wanted to be a part of, of building that and, and figuring out how to make those things work together. So um, after so living through 2008, oh, sorry, go ahead. You, uh, you were doing like uh, analysis on smaller I mean, maybe not even small, but smaller than the clients that you were working with at Goldman for them to acquire and kind of analyzing uh, the health of the businesses? Well, exactly. So for example, uh, a big company would be looking at maybe a smaller acquisition target. And as part of your, your remit of work, you would dive into understanding what that smaller company did, their financial health, making sure whatever price that you're paying for that company was fair based on the actual realities of the business. A lot of um, startup biotech type businesses in, in that space, even if you're working with the larger companies, because those tend to be the acquisition targets. And then the same is true for uh, media and, and technology. Um, there's a lot of obviously large companies in that space, but they're constantly looking and evaluating at those, those smaller companies as well. And did you stay in investment banking after, after 08 and into 09? I know you started mentioning something. Yeah. So I, I was at Goldman through two, uh, early 2009. And I was actually really fortunate. I was introduced to the, the early team and the founding team at Tom Shoes. Um, and they were actually looking, they were growing quickly, small company at the time, and they were looking to bring on a finance person. And so I jumped over there. Um, and I'm sure you can imagine talking to your your senior team at Goldman and saying, I made it through all of these rounds of cuts and <laughs> I found this amazing job that gives away half of everything they sell. See you later. <laughs> so um, so they kind of looked at me like, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, yes. So I jumped over to Tom's and what an amazing experience. I started there in 2009. So it was really part of the the early team there that helped to build that brand I started off in a finance capacity, but uh, again, small company. So really had the opportunity to do a lot of different things there as we were growing and scaling the business. Um, quickly kind of shifted over to the e-commerce side of the business there, ultimately ran their, their global e-commerce business there. Um, that was sold to Bain Capital in 2014-ish. Um, I stayed a little bit after that, but uh, again, had an amazing experience there, love building things. Um, honestly, it's one of the things I'm most proud of in my career. But I looked around and it was a, a big company and I had that itch to start to build something new again. Um, and so from there was actually introduced to another company called Fame and Partners. And they uh, were trying to, they're actually just moving to the US, had taken on some um, venture funding and we're trying to build a business around um, on-demand manufacturing. So the whole idea behind that was basically we would only sell a garment um, and make a garment if we had a home home for that actual garment. And so if you know anything about the fashion industry, there's a whole bunch of waste um, and really trying to solve that problem. Uh, and then was there for a few years, uh, was introduced to um, 
a company called Caravan, which is actually a startup studio that's based out of Vancouver um, through a mutual connection at CAA. And so Caravan is actually a joint venture um, with CAA. And so they and awesome. they look in look into building companies that um partner that kind of talent, but also look for white space opportunities in the, the marketplace to really um build businesses that have a, a big opportunity in a big white space. And so they were looking for some help in the, the e-commerce space. And there is where I met my co-founder for High, um, Leonard Brody. And we had this kind of meeting in the minds on the showerhead space. So we I mentioned this to you earlier, but I have two small kids. So oftentimes the only time I get to myself every day is that time I get in the shower. And so that's always been a really important <laughs> moment for me. And I think a lot of people can actually relate to that where it's a reset moment. You are either going from sleepy to awake or wide awake to asleep or clean to, or dirty to clean. So it's definitely one of those moments that takes you from one stage to something else. And then that's always been really important to me, but it bothered me that it was one of those things that actually wastes a lot of water. So if you're standing in a shower for an hour, you've, you know, you've used a lot of water. So this was kind of the nugget of the idea um, that we thought there might be something out there. And so Leonard separately had spent a lot of time scouring the planet for the, the best shower technology out there. Um, and once we came together and really had this meeting in the, the mind, we took a step back and did some market research and really found some interesting things. Um, there's actually, we talked to a whole bunch of people who we viewed in our demographics, so largely millennials, but almost every millennial will say that the shower is one of their most important tools for wellness in the home or self-care in the home. But you ask any of them to name the brand that they stand under every single day, almost none of them could do it at the time. And so we just thought it was really interesting that this was something people cared about, but there wasn't a lot of brand relationship with it. And so from there, we really started to build high. What year did you start talking about the idea? And, and was he already doing research like before you guys had met on, on showerhead technology? Yeah. So he, he, his whole background is very entrepreneurial as well. And also highly impressive. So I would actually recommend you <laughs> speaking with him as well at some point in time. Um, but yeah, he he has spent a lot of time, particularly as it relates to the hotel space, looking at different options and different um, options for showers and shower sprays and different things like that. So he had spent a fair amount of time researching and finding the best spray tech um, available on the market. So fascinating how uh, specific of a problem. Also like your time at, uh, Tom's, I also, uh, worked in the footwear industry. I worked for VF, uh, oh, okay. for like about six years and have, I think a few friends that worked for Tom's. Oh, I'm Pro sure I probably, probably know around them. Around that time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like footwear is pretty, a pretty small <clears throat> industry of like really successful, big brands but you were there like during the rocket ship time yeah. of like insane growth. I feel like also it's interesting to be able to reflect in the moment and realize that you like a different stage in a company's development and then mm -hmm. also be committed enough to go find new things in that stage because nothing is really guaranteed 
in that yeah. that time. Like it's so unknown for any brand. Very true. Very, very true. Was that hard for you to do? Or was that just like a gut uh, intuition? Like I've, I've done the big thing. I've been in investment banking. Uh, I loved the experience of building this. Like I need to get back to that moment. Yeah, for me, I think it really was. I think that's where I'm personally at my best in terms of being a part of ground zero where you're really figuring out how this brand is going to work and how you're going to bring it to life and then how you're going to do that kind of first iteration of scaling the business to get to that proof of concept. And then from beyond there, scaling it to whatever the next thing is for that particular business. And to your point, at, at this stage of company lifecycle, it can be a whole spectrum of things. And there's a lot of good ideas that don't succeed for whatever reason. And there's a lot of less good ideas that sometimes you scratch your head and you're like, why did this succeed? But it did. Um, and so to me, that's part of the fun. And I mean, it seems like you've done quite a few entrepreneurial things yeah. as well. Um, there's nothing. It's like a tormenting addiction. Right. There's nothing more exciting. So yeah, I don't know if it's a good or bad addiction, but it is. <laughs> I, mean, it is. I just, I just love the feedback loops. I don't really love them in the moment uh, uh, in terms like they might not feel great in the moment, but the feedback loops being so short and then seeing impact mm -hmm. so clearly is addictive in the sense of learning. Uh, it's like the best, most rapid way to learn anything, in my opinion. And so I, I think I really value that aspect of it. I didn't go to college, so I don't have like a, a traditional education background. I think all of my education has come from that feedback loop cycle. And uh, even when I went to work for, uh, for Vans and for VF, uh, I always, I mean, it was great. Like I loved it, but I always thought uh, I just can't get addicted to this environment because i know at some point like i need to get back to the core mm -hmm. of the learning process like in a company like that at some point like most of your job is very comfortable mm -hmm. not in every way but in big like in the biggest ways it's pretty comfortable right. and feels so secure that the learning has to slow down in most instances so for me, it's always just been like getting back to that. Uh, how did you start thinking about uh, actually developing the product? It's such a unique product in the sense that the problem that you're solving, even like the newer showerhead brands still aren't looking at the category in the way that you guys are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a few different things. So, I mean, you kind of hit on this in terms of the, the learning and the fast, fast um, feedback cycle. So we did a whole bunch of market research. And one of the things that really became pretty clear early on um, is that people really care about their shower experience and taking that one step further. They really care about the pressure that people or that the sh their shower is delivering. So one of the things we knew was table stakes from the get-go is really delivering a, a best-in-class spray product. Um, that delivers the maximum amount of pressure. And so we spent a lot of time engineering our shower and we offered two different models, both the, the 1.8 gallon per minute and 2.5 gallon per minute. 
which is probably more than most people need to know, but is relevant for different <laughs> laws in different states. Um, and we wanted to make sure regardless of what the, the regulations were in people's states, that we were delivering the best possible experience and delivering the maximum amount of water pressure. And so we spent a lot of time working through that. That was one. Two, we wanted to deliver an amazing experience. Um, we internally call it personalized experience, but really it's everything from having a fun colorway to uh, having a slider on our product that's super easy to switch from one spray to the to another spray. And so we've all experienced that um, standing under a shower, maybe wanting to change a spray, but you're twisting it to try and change to the next spray level and you're getting sprayed in the face. And it's just kind of a messy, unappealing experience. And I think pretty much everyone's had that or has just given up on changing the spray <laughs> because it's too messy of an experience. So we wanted to solve for that. Um, we also went down the road of doing a handheld product because as a, a female with a lot of hair, some days I wash my hair, some days I don't. And that adds a layer of flexibility as well. And then this past year, we actually launched our newest addition to our product called the High Fuse, and it's an add-on to our existing shower head and really can be added on to any shower head in the market. You just attach it to the water source and it infuse, infuses aromatherapy, hair and skin treatments directly into the water. And so depending on the experience you want to deliver to yourself that day, you can really add a little something extra with, with no extra work and continue to maximize that time. Uh, that already is really important to you. Was the initial vision for the brand always uh, super connected to sustainability and more like conscious consumption? Yeah, and that's a super important to me personally, but from day one, sustainability has been, been core to high. And so that's everything from the materialization that we chose. So a lot of people don't know this, but most showers are chrome plated and that process is actually really bad for the environment. So we made some very conscious choices to make our product out of stainless steel. Um, and also it's a much more sturdy product. So you just need fewer of them over the course of your life. So there's just less product going into landfill over time. And again, from a packaging perspective, the box that our shower heads delivered in is the box that it ships in and just being really thoughtful about really minimizing the use of, of single-use plastics. Um, and then fast forward to our Fuse design, we actually came up with this really cool concept of the, the tablets that, that you put into the Fuse device are single-use, no waste. And they actually come in these water-soluble uh, paper pouches, which I'll show you, but not everyone else will be able to see. So you just literally just tear these pouches open. You can put this paper directly on the floor of your shower and it just dissolves. So there's literally no waste associated with the product. Um, and then beyond that, we really spent a lot of time with the initial shower head thinking through, okay, we know experience is really important to people, but how can we deliver that amazing experience, but still give them the tools to be mindful of the resources they're using? So that's how we came up with this whole concept of in-shower notifications. And so we have this little LED light that lets you know when your water is warm and ready. One of the biggest wastes of water, you flip on the shower, you wander away, you've wandered out to the closet or whatever the case may be and the shower has been running for five minutes and you haven't even thought about it. So um, once your shower hits a certain temperature, uh, the light will come on in the shower, but if you've wandered away, you'll get a push to your watch or your phone, you know, it's time to hop back in. Two, uh, we have a partner app for our shower and that within that app, you can set your shower to a certain number of gallons. You'll get an in-shower notification letting you know that you hit a certain number of gallons. 
The average shower in the U.S. is about 20 gallons. High users are actually using about 30% less water than the average shower. So not only are you saving water, but you're actually also saving carbon because obviously that water has to be heated. And so the less water you're using, the less energy you're using as well. So that's something we're really proud of. And at this point, as a community, high users have saved millions and millions of gallons. So we're, we're super proud that's of that. That's so cool. It's cool that you have all the aggregated data from, uh, from your customers and that you can see impacts made by like the design and experience adjustments that you make over time. Mm-hmm. I feel like for most brands, they have a hard time actually gathering like how impactful are, are the decisions that we're making inside of the product, but you can actually see across all users, like what is making an impact. Yeah, absolutely. And we can actually measure people against themselves, against their communities, against the national average. And we've we've rolled out some reports for folks that use our showerhead where they can get their own kind of data about how they stack up against their states or the US or whatever level we want to look at it. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Also, uh, when you use a shower as like a moment for like resetting could just be like a mindless amount of time. Like you have no idea mm-hmm. how long you're showering, like, uh, which this makes it just a lot easier to like set things up, have a system and then not have to really think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're, abs- we're not saying don't ever take a long shower. I mean, just to be clear, yeah, we're saying yeah. just be mindful <laughs> of the resources that you're using. And, and again, these, that's why we've provided these tools. And I think the the most exciting thing is that our initial hypothesis has pretty much proved out that people will use less water with those kind of subtle cues. Um, how did you think about launching the brand? Was this part of, uh, I don't know if this is a bad question. Was this part mm-hmm. of the startup studio that you met your co-founder in? Yeah. So we did, we did come out of caravan and we actually made the the cognizant decision to do a pretty soft launch uh, because we, as you know, doing new things is really hard. So, so we were bringing yeah. something new to the world where we we actually we didn't get into the technicalities of how all this works and how we put power in the shower and all of that. But basically, we put a little hydropowered turbine into the shower, and that's uh, what powers a little battery that powers the LED light and then also the Bluetooth connection to the the phone, and so. Obviously, we tested this extensively before we brought it to market, but we really wanted to put this in market, make sure it worked in the way in which we expected it to, and and make sure that people were really excited about this technology and it was something that people wanted. And so, so yeah, from a, a go-to-market perspective, we did a bit of a beta launch, um, and then we were actually uh, pretty fortunate, had a pretty early opportunity to go into a, a whole bunch of Bed Bath & uh, Beyond stores. Um, and that relationship obviously evolved as that company evolved. Um, but we've had continued success with retail. We've recently launched with, uh, Best Buy, which we're super excited about. And they've been a a great partner. And actually in terms of that kind of health and wellness consumer, where we've really found a interesting home with, they, they really hit the target there pretty hard. So, yeah. Interesting. Uh, the retail channels, that you can go into with a product like this, also with it bridging tech, mm-hmm. uh, home goods, 
and also like actually home design. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. When we think about our, our retail distribution strategy, we really think about it in those buckets with one other one that I'll actually add as well. But you really have that kind of home, um, which can be everything. Uh, we actually do sell in Home Depot as well. But everything from Home Depot to um, like a build with Ferguson that we also just launched with recently as well. So you hit more of that do-it-yourself home person, but also maybe that contractor type person um, that's building homes. And then two, you have more of that tech forward uh, consumer where you have Best Buy, um, possibly even Amazon, which we sell on Amazon as well. And then uh, the third kind of pillar I would say is more of that, that beauty focused consumer, which as we continue to evolve our, our infusions line, we think there's a huge opportunity there. and would love to add a, a partner in that category as well as we grow. How long was the development process for this product and then also the beta? It's such a complex product. Also like with water being involved and electronics, I don't know anything that I'm talking about. So maybe it wasn't <laughs> as crazy as I'm thinking, but it sounds uh, like an extensive process. And also I'm curious like about uh, how you founded the company in terms of like raising money from investors that saw a really long-term vision. You guys have really actualized it pretty quickly in general from everything that you've said, but I feel like at the beginning stage, it would look like a pretty long arc to yeah. bring something like that to life. I mean, the short answer is, is yes, it has felt like a long time, but also the other thing I'll say too, is that I think for anyone who works in startup world, you can actually accomplish a lot in a pretty short amount of time. If you have the right group of dedicated and, and focused people. And um, there's actually a great, quote, um, I think it was Margaret Mead, something about how a small group, of, I'm going to mess up the quote, but something about how a small group of people can do amazing things effectively. And that's so true. I mean, I've experienced that time and time again in my career and uh, th there's no better way to build something quickly. Uh, but more specifically to answer your question, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was a long road. And again, we were doing this over COVID. So um, it's not like we were flying to factories to to, to meet people. I mean, it was done in a different way. And I think you've probably spoken to other founders that have brought things to life during that same time period that had similar experiences. Um, but in some ways it adds a level of efficiency too, because you're doing everything remotely and it's easy to hop on the phone versus having to schedule a trip to wherever the case may be. Um, and so we started this really in 2020, brought this to market really in earnest and in, in 2022. Um, and we were able to, to find factories and use, use existing relationships, um, through the caravan and my co-founders networks to really help bring this to market in, in a relatively quick and I don't know if I'll say seamless, but relatively quick <laughs> fashion for, for the level of innovation that went into the product. Um, and we had a very small team on this, working on, working on this, <laughs> nonstop is what I'll say for, <laughs> for a period of time. Did you, uh, did you initially do the beta period, uh, only direct consumer to get those short feedback cycles before launching in retail? Yep. That's exactly right. I mean, we, we initially did the beta period only direct to consumer. Um, and truthfully, we probably would have continued that beta period a little bit longer, but we had some interesting opportunities that just kind of 
came to us so that we wanted to take advantage of, which in startup world, you know, you can't plan everything and you got to have to be willing to take advantage of the opportunities as they come. Um, but yeah, we, we set up our site. Um, we did the, the classic startup email everyone we know and let them know that we've <laughs> started this new company and please buy them. <laughs> and, uh, and it's one of those things that you start getting orders from people, you know, and slowly that, that world starts expanding and you start, uh, not recognizing names and you're emailing your, your co-founder be like, do you know this person? Um, and then that's, that's how it builds. And again, we were lucky. We, we had some existing network around us that we were able to leverage. Um, but just slowly the, the business has grown, um, organically and, and we've continued to build on that. Do you, um, do you guys keep in contact with the caravan folks? Do you, do you have like mentors from your past startup experiences that you keep in touch with and get feedback from consistently? All of the above, I will say. Um, some of the, the best mentors in my personal network are people that I regularly go to lunch with or have a call with and just uh, ping, ping back and forth different ideas and problems and things that I, that I might personally be running into uh, just to help bounce off ideas that I, I might have. Um, separately, the Caravan Network has been really invaluable. It's a great group of people, love, lovely people that regardless of, of high or any other company, I, I would love to be in touch with. They're super intelligent, amazing backgrounds, people that I think I will keep in contact with far beyond my days of high. So, uh, And they also have a number of different areas of expertise as well. And so just bring an interesting perspective to everything that we're doing. What's, what's been the most uh, challenging aspect of, of uh, this path so far? <laughs> That's a big question. Um, anytime you're, you're developing something new and different and trying to, I mean, showerheads are not a new category, but what we're doing within the showerhead space really is a new category. And so Building something new is hard. Getting customers to understand why they need something new is also hard. Um, and so for us, it's interesting. We always talk about this kind of double conversion point where you you need people to understand that they need a new shower head, which by the way, even before I went down this path, I'm not so sure as I was that person that was moving every year in my 20s to different apartments, I understood that I could easily change out a shower head. And one of the things we didn't really get into when we were developing this, but one of the, the core things was actually making it super easy to install a shower head, which is something that is beyond easy. It doesn't require any tools. The co-founder says even a three-year-old can do it. I say even I could do it. <laughs> um, but but it is really hard to do that double conversion. So we got to convince someone they need a shower head and then we got to convince someone that they need a high. And so that was an interesting learning point. And at a slightly higher price point, it's different than selling a lipstick or a t-shirt or whatever, or a pair of shoes where people are more willing to spend $50 on something like that. Really understanding our consumer, making sure we were getting to the right people with the right message at the right time, because showers are also a very personal experience. And you could ask 20 people, what's the most important thing about your shower? You're probably going to get 20 different answers. And some of them might like, a steady stream of water. Some of them might like a spa mist. Some of them, 
there's a million different answers that you can have and figuring out how you're really delivering that right, right message to everyone has, has been a key learning point, but I think it's something that we've really worked hard to understand and make sure we're, we're doing that in a way that makes sense. How do you guys consistently drive towards innovation? Because it seems like you've innovated in a few different areas already, like the uh, recent release with the in-shower uh, like aroma, is that like innately a skill that you and your co-founder have? Is it mm -hmm. something, is it like a process that you follow internally, uh, to keep <laughs> pushing the limits on new ideas? So I think it's some of both. I mean, I think just taking a step back, we initially started with really focusing on shower head optimization. So taking that everyday product making it work better and harder for you, but then also the planet. But then step two is really taking that durable, traditionally durable product and adding on a layer of consumables that helps to add that layer of personalization that we spoke about earlier. And so step one of that is really the infusions and the high fuse that we talked about. Um, and there'll be more to come there as it relates to consumables. And there's a whole bunch of interesting things that we can do. But I think at the at the core of all of that, it's really taking our smart technology and our data to, to ultimately deliver that optimal experience for each person. So right now, for example, we're delivering infusions. We, have, we offer a couple of different tablets and they really are focused around kind of those core moments where people typically shower. So got an energy boost for the morning shower, a post-workout repair for the post-workout showers and a relax uh, that's lavender driven for the evening showers. But because we have people's showering habits and things like that, we know what temperature people shower at. So for example, if you shower at a really high temperature, there might be a certain product that we can offer up that really works well for your skin type or your hair type. And, and there's a continual evolution that we can continue to marry that personalization of your showering product and your showering experience and, and put those together. And so we'll continue to evolve over time as we develop that. How do you think about transferring that into retail environments that might be, is the personalization more on direct consumer in terms of like, uh, I guess you're communicating with people through, through the app. They have like all of their kind of like hub inside of it. So exactly. retail is probably like where you sell the overall innovation into the home and then personalize it in the app. Exactly. I mean, and people can use as much or as little as they like of the app, depending on what their own personal, I guess, desires are within that. But um, but yeah, I mean, for us, because we do have the app around our existing product, people can continue to evolve their relationship with High beyond wherever they purchase it. Even you mentioning the, the uh, hotel connection, uh, such a smart innovation for hotels looking to cut back on water usage and also create more uh, enjoyable experiences in rooms. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you guys have gone down that path. I imagine you, you have. We're, we're, we're working on convincing a few. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, I mean, you're, you're a consumer of hotels. And when you think about the things that matter to you as a, as a consumer, uh, there's a few things that matter to, to consumers consistently that bubble up to the top of the list. And it's having a really, well, it's having a room that matches whatever price you paid for it, for the particular hotel. 
um, having a bed that's comfortable, that meets expectations. And then people do really care about the showering experience. And then also the Wi-Fi. people care about that as well. How, uh, how do you personally manage the day-to-day stress of running a new business or relatively new business, uh, with the long-term vision that you are trying to actualize and bring to life? You know, that's a a really great question because it is easy when you're in the day-to-day and particularly at our stage. I mean, I'm, I'm in it with the team. I'm doing work too from a day-to-day basis. And so I think it's really important to make time for yourself and your leadership team and co-founder to spend time together, taking that step back and thinking about, okay, so we've done all these things. How do these things ladder up to what we ultimately want to deliver as a end result for this brand, this company, whatever the case may be. And so I think being really intentional about intentional about taking those moments is important out of the daily grind. And I think that's important as a team. And I think separately, I think it's important as an individual to take that time. And I mentioned to you earlier, I'm a very slow jogger. That's a good (laughs) thinking time for myself. Um, And I think that's a time that I take for myself to think about not only things for that relate to the company, but also more broadly for life and make sure that I'm showing up and delivering my best self for all of those things. Um, So I think that's an important piece of that as well. If, if you could go back and give yourself any advice before starting the company, uh, now knowing what you, you've experienced so far, is there anything that you would tell yourself? That's always a tough question because every mistake we've made along the way is part of the learning process, right? So I think, I think the, the biggest thing I would say to, to my past self is uh, maybe continue to go in a measured way that makes sense and really stay focused on that core path because the good, the good part about success is that you will have a lot of shiny objects along the way and really staying focused on the, the core path that you laid out um, is probably the most important piece of this, but also being willing to pivot in a way that makes sense along the way. So it's assessing out which of those opportunities you should be taking and which ones are really just distractions. And sometimes that's hard to see in the moment um, when you have a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I always think about that. I feel like when you're younger, you always imagine that that would get easier as you become more successful. Uh, But it's actually the exact opposite with how many more opportunities you would have at those stages. It's more difficult. And they're also better opportunities too. most of the time. There's never an easy answer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on. I, uh, I love the concept, also the innovation that you guys have been able to develop and then scale uh, a brand with such a new product in general has been pretty amazing to see from the outside. So congrats on everything so far. Thank you. I really appreciate the time and taking the time to tell stories. Uh, of Hi and other founders as well. Yeah, no, I'd love to stay in touch too.
Bread, receive, bread, receive, bread, receive.